right, what's up, everybody? This is Joey, Spencer, and Corey. Corey was the drummer in a Skylit Drive, a band that I was in, and this is the Midweek Jesus Podcast, Episode 3. So let's dive into it. Spencer's got some pretty solid questions for Corey right out of the gate, so let's wait and see what Spencer came up with. All right, how are you guys all doing, first off? I'm doing good, man. Fucking good, dude. Awesome, awesome. I'm feeling good. How you doing, Spencer? You know, not too bad. Things are going pretty good. And how are you guys doing as far as everything going on in your lives right now? I mean, life's crazy, dude. Life is, it has I been mean... crazy. It's, it's rough, dude, but, you know, just got to keep kicking. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Did you kick? I'm, I'm trying to kick something. We all kicked. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Awesome. My baby it's, kicks. It's going, dude. We're all, we, we're both, uh, we both have, you know, career jobs now. We're working full time. And, okay. Uh, living the adult life, you know. That's awesome, but, man. Uh, and what are you yeah. doing for work? Uh, I work for the post office. Okay. Government. Yeah, government job. What do you do there? I am a facility maintenance employee, so basically just all around fucking go-to guy something something's broken something needs fixed uh landscaping all that shit i i was a carrier for a year and a half a mailman and uh as was i yeah as, as I were actually you. we actually joined yeah we joined so, me and joey joined the post office at the same time so a actually. bit of context yeah, yeah i had a friend of mine named arturo who was getting a job there and i got kind of jealous because i was like oh he's gonna make more money than me i could do that i'm hella like competitive like that and so I got a job at the post office, and I fucking hated it. So what I do, I was like, Corey, come join the post office with me. So I have a friend, at least, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like someone to... Little did least... we know we were going to be, uh, you know, in different stations. We weren't actually working together. Joey was up in uh, Roseville. I was in Rancho Cordova. We were both what's called CCA, which is City Carrier Assistant. Okay. Basically, okay. basically a, a... A fucking slave. A bitch. Yeah. A slave, wow. dude. Yeah. And you're, I mean, it, we're, we're mailmen, but mm-hmm. we're, we're, uh, you know, we're low on the, on the totem pole, no, not a lot of seniority. So okay. what happens is, yeah, the old, the old, you know, the regulars go deliver their mail, come back and drop it off to us. So we got, you know, we were working 12, 13 hour days, no, a it's day off, boring, maybe, dude. maybe once every two weeks, yeah. you know, you anyway. work your dick off for $16 an hour. Yeah, and everyone treats you it's like a, shit. It, it was a office. very, very right. rough job. Anyway, getting out of that, um, we we both did that for about a year and a half. Okay. I since I invested some time in it, I wanted to try to stick with the post office, you know. And mm-hmm. now I'm now I'm regular, now I'm career. So that's awesome. Yeah, we'll see where it goes, man. That's cool. But, and, and Joey, what are you doing now? Nothing, dude. Just <laughs> living the dream. I just I meditate for no. Um, so right now I work for a company called Stripe. It's a payment processor. Okay. I feel like maybe on our first podcast we should have gone into our lives a little more, but okay. we just jumped straight into it. No, but this is good. That's yeah, good. I think yeah. it's I think it's good. Um, so I work for Stripe, it's a payment processor. But what I do is I'm a quality lead. Mm-hmm. So everyone there who works for customer service, I basically check all their work. I have like 25 people underneath me. Okay. And all the okay. emails that are sent out, I have to make sure they write the right shit. Mm-hmm. I have to have one to one meetings with them. So every two weeks. These lucky employees get to sit in a room with me for okay. about forty-five minutes while, That's I, awesome. while now, I tell what, them what's what going on. What is Stripe though? What is like what kind of Stripe's kind of like work? PayPal? So oh okay, gotcha. Yeah. So what it does is like if you use Etsy, Lyft, Uber, Target.com, Airbnb, the payment processor Stripe is actually the checkout page, but it's more of like the back-end coding that creates the checkout page. Okay. okay. And it gives people like a dash. This sounds like a straight Stripe ad. No, no I'm, I was actually no, curious. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't I I'm knew, interested. You know, yeah. I knew you had people. I didn't know exactly like if you have what a sh- the company was. Yeah, like if you have a Shopify account, 
they give you like a dashboard so you can see who pays you you can make refunds on it mm-hmm. you can like you can send emails to people so they can pay you you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah. things like that so that's what we do and a lot of people have problems because like their bank accounts people hack into them it's a lot of fraud and shit and mm-hmm. like i worked in like a risk department where we're like shutting down companies who did like sex toys like child child trafficking shit like that uh, okay which taught me a lot about internet security and like mm-hmm. you know like it's fucking actually crazy what goes on out there that people make money on oh, but yeah. so that's what i do now it's pretty chill it's a chill job there's like pool tables upstairs they let you have beers on lunch like the company's irish owned so they're they're pretty tight actually i, I dig working there nice dude let's awesome. get into some awesome. music stuff dude all right so i got a great question Enough for you guys shit. Yeah, yeah i mean nobody yeah. wants to hear about so that's that's where that's where we're at yeah. yeah yeah no one needs to hear that's, that oh wait yeah wait time out spencer needs to explain what happened and how he lost his job since this past podcast. My 200th job? Your 200th job, so take it away, Spen. Uh, basically, people were pissing me off left and right, and I got into it, and after three days off, I'm the number one worker at this company, and everybody wanted me to do their work. There was a bunch of lamps in a furniture store on this table, and the girl was getting kind of you know riff-raffy with me going back and forth. She's being a bitch. Yeah, she was being a bitch, and uh, there was a lot of politics going on, and the last thing she said to me as she was trying to give me everybody's work was if you break the lamps, you buy them. So I turned around, I lifted both arms up through the lamps at the counter. They splattered in like a million pieces. And I said, fuck you, you fucking bitch. I was all I'll fucking show you, you bitch. And I just kind of snapped. But we'll leave it. Yeah. Kind of snap. <laughs> hey, we're not sugar, we're not sugarcoating anything. This is no, yeah, we're not sugarcoating. Spenny, yeah. Spenny lost it, dude. Spenny, yeah. Spenny loses it sometimes. I snapped on that one. I and think we, we all we all lose it. We all want to lose it like that. All right, so let's get into everybody. Some, want, yeah, exactly. Let's get into some music questions, everybody. I got some great questions for you guys. All okay. right, what happened with the skylight? Skylight drives. Wow, and he fucks up the band name. <laughs> the first band question he, he already fucked up. <laughs> like it was a lamp or something? Spencer that's, just no, that's, hey, I'm that's, thinking of the lamps I broke. You have, no, yeah, okay. you have an excuse, though. You were, right. you were just talking about lights and lamps. lamps yeah. lights. Okay, okay, we'll, for, we'll forgive you on that funny, one. funny, actually. All right, so what happened with the Skylight Drive, you know, off the record? Let's hear it, you guys. All right. Starting with uh, Joey. All right, so I left first. Okay. Mm, so... What sort year, of. What year was it? It was 2012? June 2012. Yeah. It was on the mm-hmm. tour, the Motel 6 tour with Suicide Silence, 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 which happened to be Mitch's last tour, I believe, yeah. before he unfortunately passed away. Shout out Mitch and his family. And we were about seven or eight shows in, maybe. Mm-hmm. We were in Reno, Nevada. And I had my ex-girlfriend at the time with me who was looking back a really bad influence with like drugs and alcohol and everything. And I was no stranger to partying, but neither was anyone else in my band. That's for damn sure, except for maybe one or two people. And it got a little out of hand. There was a really rough show where basically everyone's shit broke on stage except mine. And I had been partying pretty hard the whole night before. Mm Mm-hmm. And you gotta remember too, I started this band in like 2006 with my friends, so we've, I've been there a long time, and I think wow. that everyone had had enough, I was fucked up on mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol, and or actually this was the night before Reno, and we dropped my girlfriend off in Lodi on the way to the show to Reno from like Pomona, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and then after the show in Pomona, I was kindly asked to leave the tour. 
which I didn't really argue with. I was okay with it because I knew I had some issues I needed to handle. And so I left tour. I went to rehab. I stayed at Brian White's dad's house, Mike White. Uh, he put me up for a long time, like basically another father to me. And uh, from there, I did rehab for three months straight. And I had actually written a letter. My therapist had told me, like, do you see yourself in 10 years providing for a family, being in this band? And I said, no. And then she was like, well, there's your answer if you want to keep doing music full time, you know? And so I fucking wrote a letter quitting the band. Ironically enough, about 12 hours after this letter was written, here comes a knock at my door of three of my, of course, like best friends, you know? And one of them, who I'd known since fourth grade, was fucking crying, so I obviously knew what the fuck was about to happen. And he was like, yo, I think we're going to move on with just five members. And I was like, dude, don't worry. I had already written the letter, you know? Like, I had already, like, physically and emotionally quit that band in my head. So it didn't bum me out. And I already, I'd already told some of my friends and family that I was quitting while I got kicked out. And that's what happened to me. And online, we just put, I went separate ways and went to rehab. So that's basically the full story of that. Wow. That felt good, dude. That was like cathartic as that, fuck. Very right therapeutic. There. I had my eyes yeah. closed. So I was talking about it like I was reliving that shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. No, and fair, fair. That was yeah, great. Yeah, dude. Let's move on to what happened with Corey. Yeah, Corey. So, what's your take on that? So, to be completely honest, um, Joey was the member of the band that um, pretty much got me into a Skylight Drive. Mm-hmm. I was I, I was in a garage band, um, some guys from Elk Grove. I was 17 years old, and a Skylight Drive had already been established for a, a year or two. You know, they were, they were, we were just both local bands. We were nothing, nothing known or anything. Okay. But anyway, my, my old band played a show... I think it was at the 118th Center in Lodi. No, it was at the Elk Grove Teen oh, Center. Elk Grove. Shout out, Elk a beautiful Grove. epiphany. A beautiful epiphany. That was my old band, yeah. So anyway, we, we played a show together. Um, a Skylet Drives jump, drummer at the moment okay. was planning on, because we, we were all about to graduate high school. He mm-hmm. was planning on going to college and right. you know living a normal life. Um, so they, w- they were already kind of... Kinda, looking for a drummer. They wanted to keep keep it going. Okay. You know. Right. So we played the show together. Joey came up to me and talked to me. Jordan talked to me a little bit too. Uh, bless his heart, you know, but but Joey was was the reason I I agreed to join the band. He came up to me. He was super cool, you know, complimenting me on my drumming and uh, basically asked me if I want to come try out for their band cuz their drummer's going to be leaving. And um couple weeks after that, I went to Lodi. We we were on uh, at Brian White. Speaking of, yeah, uh, Mike White, Mike which Joey, Shout which Joey, White again, yeah, which dude. which Joey had mentioned earlier. We, yeah. we would that was where our first practice was, mm-hmm. and um, tried out for the band. I I jammed all the songs. They you know I I I guess I nailed it. They they liked me. They thought I was a I would contribute to the band. Um, you fucking killed it, dude. I remember being like, holy shit. Thanks, dude. That's how I, people are supposed to play? I was like, damn. I've been fucking you, up. I was wearing my, my little old backpack back then. I, was, God, I, I don't know. That was <laughs> little just a little ass backpack you always yeah. wore. If you're a fan of a Skylar Drive and you're hearing this, you, you would know, know that the Corey backpack wore story. a backpack in every photo ever that we took for yeah. a long time. Can I say something from the outside looking yeah. in? Because I was someone who played music around the same time. And it was yeah, so yeah. funny because when I knew you guys started really exploding was a few different things happened. I remember you guys sold out 
a place called Torino's in Stockton, and I heard from somebody else that said, who's this band? It was somebody, I'm not going to say his name, but he was he sounded a little jealous, a little envious. He was in the music game, separate band. And he goes, man, this band, Skylar Drive, I just heard there's 500 people at Torino's, and I can hear the jealousy in him. Like, no yeah, joke, man. Dude. Like, I heard the jealousy, and I was like, 500 people? That's a lot for, like... Some place in Stockton, a and like Mexican a, restaurant. a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, and that's what I knew. And then I started seeing you guys like in the Lodi New Sentinel. People writing in my favorite thing about Lodi. My favorite band is a Skylar Drive. My favorite song lyrics, and it started getting pretty in depth. And then I was like, all right, I got to see what's up. So I started going to your guys' shows, and I remember the Empire Theater. You guys played a show with Jordan Blake singing. There was 500 people there, sold out. And I remember being like, oh my god, there's a lot of people here. This is impressive. Everybody knows the songs. And then I went to another show. You guys played the Empire again. It was sold out the second time. Or uh, excuse me, Corey was crawling, or not Corey. Um, Jordan was crawling on the stage before he sang. I don't know if you guys remember that specific moment, but I remember that. And you guys just, you guys just blew up super fast, and it was just something. Yeah, that, it def, it definitely, very cool. it definitely happened. You know, quick. Like I said, we were all just about to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think we. So after that, after that jam that we had mm-hmm. at Brian or at uh, sorry Mike Mike White's house mm-hmm. they, they pretty much ultimately asked me hey you know do you want to join the band I I was really good friends with my old band okay. um, or my, the band that I was in a beautiful epiphany so you know I really didn't want to leave but okay. I just felt like there was more of a future right with a skylight drive so um, anyway I I decided I said hey yeah, I want to join. You know, I'm going to join the band. Mm-hmm. I told my old members in a beautiful epiphany, bless all their hearts. They're great guys, and I, I, I hope they're doing good today. I don't, I'm not too sure, but anyway, you know, I told them, hey, I'm, you know, I'm joining this band, the Skylet Drive. Um, like you said, Spencer, it happened really, really quick. It we, did. It did happen fast. It's one thing I remember is, you guys just blew up. Like you guys put in your time. Don't let's not get it twisted here. Oh no. You guys put in your time, but when it happened, it was it, just like yes. boom. So the light was on you guys and how many bands followed you guys that tried to be like your sound. I'm not going to name bands, but there was a plethora of bands that wanted well, to sound like a Skylet tribe. Everyone thought they could do it cuz you see a small band from a small town get some recognition and it like creates hope. Like yeah, which is tight. Some of the bands were good. Some of the ones that tried oh, yeah. to be like you guys, we don't oh, have to yeah. say names right now, oh, but yeah. I'll be honest, some of them were oh, good dude, bands. Some of these bands, yeah. I was like, I, this, yeah. they're amazing, but they're not getting out of Lodi. Like, you we, guys I guess we took just, that leap. Like, we just happened. clicked, and that was yeah. my, just, that's why I said, oh, yeah. hey, I'm going to join this band, because I felt, I felt something, you know, I felt there's, there's a, it there's was a something special. Dude. It was something special. There was you know, something as soon as we jammed in that little ass bedroom, I mean, we're talking 100, 100, Square foot bedroom, all all six of it or five of it, whatever. Everyone's standing against their amps with I mean, my, it, my toes we, almost on the drum set. We in front just of me. we we started playing these a couple of their songs that they had already um, had written, and you know I contributed my two cents. They contributed. I think we actually sped up a few songs, slowed okay. a few down, tempo changes, whatever. We whatnot. sped up all of them. They were better, yeah. faster. You played faster. Than I did. The other play, guy. Yeah, I was more. Yeah. I was actually more of like a metal drummer. So yeah. I. I in, in my blood, I had it like a fast, you know. Well, you, exactly, and you guys clicked together, but there was almost this sense, and, and I always put you guys in the genre of like universal, spacey, yeah. because the way it was, it clicked together. Well, that's together where, was that's just where so... Joey came. So we had the, yeah. we had the like, the metalcore, you know, the, the I don't know how right. to really, the screamo shit, but it was heavy, then but Joey yeah, had the melodic that, and everything. Joey had yes. the melodic delay, reverb, and that's what really 
caught yeah. me. He had this. Daddy was melodic. Dude, daddy was melodic. Yeah. You guys yeah. were like five fingers. It was very unanimous. Everyone fit together well, and it made sense. It did. So, mm-hmm. so back to uh, back to that that you know, I I told my my old man, hey guys, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna be joining this band. I'm sorry, you know, I wish you the best of luck. So few weeks after that we went to record we we're like hey we're gonna put out this ep we already they already had about three songs written i wrote about another three yeah. with them and uh, a couple weeks later we went to i think it was sack rehearsal studios okay or um house of hits so one of those it was sack, sack rehearsal in south Wa and phil DeBarlo had a phil. place called um Deathbot studios death Bot. that was where we yeah. recorded our ep she watched the sky and, love that one too. Yeah, and this it. was still, I mean, we're, we're right at, we just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm still 17. I, I graduated okay. at 17. I was, the, I was the youngest one in the band. Mm-hmm. Two months later, you know, we're, we're all thinking, you know, our parents are telling us, you got to just got to go to college, go get jobs, go whatever, whatnot. And, and we were all considering that thinking, but, um, we recorded this EP and within weeks we got a message on MySpace when MySpace was, you know, okay. a thing and saying, from, it was a guy from Tommy Lacombe. He was the owner of uh, Tragic Show Records. It was his girlfriend, actually. It was his girlfriend. Yeah. She had heard us on MySpace and, and told him, she said, hey, you, you got to hear this band, you know, whatnot. Two months after we graduated high school, we got a message from Tommy saying, hey, I want to pay for you guys to come out here to North Carolina to re-record mm-hmm. the EP. Because we, did, we didn't really put out the EP full. It was just kind of like we put out songs here and there. We, we, we went, actually, we didn't fly. We drove to North Carolina. We stayed there for we a good month or two. Dude. It yeah. was my first time seeing 17, states, 18 year dude. olds, you know, right out of high school driving. We, we've never been out, you know, I've been to, we've been to Arizona or whatever. Yeah. Close but by. now we're going across the whole United States right, right out of, we're like, holy shit. This is crazy. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm going back to the question you asked me originally. I'm trying to get there. So we recorded this EP, uh, EP in North Carolina. It, a couple months later, it, it blew up, you know, it, it really, it, it got going, and um, yeah, and then since then it was a, it was a crazy ride, um, so what, your initial question was what happened so, with, so the end game, so out of all game. of our years, we, you know, I record, we recorded, I don't know how many CDs, four, maybe three or four before Joey had left, when Joey had left, that was, that was, it was really hard for me okay. because, like I said, Joey was the one who really—he was my friend. He right. was the one who really Friends, got Vaughn, me in the point. yes. Mm-hmm. It, we we had the most in common than right. I did with anyone else in the band. You right, know? And, right. And after the years and years, 2012 now, six years later, when when Joey left, I was I was like really depressed, and you know, now now it's more of a job, mm-hmm. not a passion, which is right. which really sucks, you know. It really sucks when it and when it becomes a job with coworkers that are just there to you know to to do this job every day rather than that bond of friendship, especially something let, let, changed. Yeah, mind you, we're mm-hmm. we're living together for two to three hundred days out of the year. You know, in every whether day. Mm-hmm. every day we're, right. we're together, so you have to have some type of bond. Anyway, what happened with me was. After Joey had left, like I said, I got I got super depressed. It was it was more just of a, a job to me that you know I I, I wasn't happy. I, I, I of course I still love playing drums, but it was only that thirty minutes or that one hour on stage where I actually felt something. You know, other than right, that, it right. was there was nothing there. 
The chemistry was dead. The chemistry was completely dead. Like no. So Nick, mm. Nick, yeah, got a lot of good questions he, here. he, uh, you know, we all change, and mm-hmm. not saying anything bad. We, all, of course, you're gonna change from Everyone 18 changes. years old to 26 years old. That's how you know. That's when, when I had left, I was 26 years old. From 18 to 20, of course, you're gonna change. It's Everyone like kids changes. to men, dude. Yeah. So like, point being was Nick. Nick changed a lot. Mm-hmm. He became. Um, very into fitness and bodybuilding and whatnot. Good for him. That's great. That's awesome. You know, but um, Kyle and Jag, they kind of they looked up to Nick. You know, he was he was kind of the leader in their little their little pack, and uh, whatever Nick did, they wanted to do. So Nick Nick got into the bodybuilding and stuff, and sure enough, Jag and Kyle got into that. So we were playing shows now without Joey. Me and Brian were we were really. Now, now Brian was my friend of the band, my only friend of the band, really. Mm-hmm. We were stoners. We smoked weed every day. We, we when we got to the venues, that woo woo. Yeah, we smoked. <laughs> we smoked the woo woo. You know, their their mission, Jag, Nick, and Kyle. Their mission mm-hmm. when we got to the venue wasn't, hey, let's unload, let's go sound check, let's let's feel our music. Mm-hmm. Their mission was, where's the gym? Where's the gym? Where's where's food? Where can you know? It was it wasn't about our show anymore. It was about you know, we're all trying to figure ourselves out, figure our, our lives out, what we're Which about. is fine, but, too, Yeah, And that's like, what I'm saying. I'm not saying not anything bad. bad. Thing. No, yeah. of course of course, everyone's going to change. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong about that, but it's we just, just we, all went. we just grew yeah. up different. different. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't into that. I, I, I don't think I'll ever be into that. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I was, I was weird. what I was looking forward to was getting to the venue and going and talking to the other bands. The other, you know, the other guys that I clicked with. There was no, there was no chemistry left, so... It was the it was 2014, two years after Joey had left, and that's when it really hit me. And I was like, I was on warp tour. We were on warp tour, and it, it just hit me from the beginning. I, I just felt something in my heart saying like, I can't keep living like this. I'm I'm that 30 minutes on stage is amazing. That that feeling, that emotion, you can't describe it. It's it's worth it. But at the same time, I knew mentally I was I was killing myself. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was beyond depressed. And I, I knew I had to I had to get out of the situation. So I, I left in two thousand fourteen. I told them this is gonna be my last tour and Brian Brian quit with me. Okay. The la- we we went all the way through. We played the whole warp tour, mm-hmm. ended in uh, Denver, Colorado and uh that was the last show. Me or Brian played with Oscala Drive and that was that was it. And you know, I, to be honest I haven't really talked to any of them since then. Right. Uh, other than obviously Joey, which I have talked to him. I okay. did reach out. But like I'll interject there real quick, and we'll take yeah. a little bit of a break. Yeah, for and that's a second, that's but, it for, for that um, question. Yeah. I actually have a really funny story that I hadn't talked to anyone in two years after I left the band, which I don't hold it against anyone because it's really awkward when something like that happens, mm-hmm. and it's really awkward to reach out to your friend, and then when you don't reach out to your friend it becomes really awkward to reach out to them later. Yes. You know what I mean? So now it's like, fuck, it's been so long. If I reach out to this friend, and that it's going to start a fight, maybe. And you know, you that, know? that is yeah, something that happened. You know, mm-hmm. when when Joey had left, to be honest, I, did, I didn't really reach out to him because it was just this, like, I'm still in, and you're not. You're the reason I came here, and, and you're not. And it was, you know, I'm when you're living on the road, living that lifestyle, it's... I didn't even reach out to my family much, mm-hmm. mind I you. We're young. Do. We're young. We're in the party right. mode or whatnot. You know, of course it would have been different nowadays right. that I'm that we're older. But 
it, it, I don't know. It, we didn't, we didn't reach out to each other. I didn't, I didn't talk to him and say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, cause my, I'm still, I'm still in this, this thing that you it's started, awkward, dude. that he started. Yeah. I started you know what and I mean? brought everyone together. I'm out. But, but I knew, I knew mm-hmm. no matter how many years had passed before I did reach out to you when I quit the band, Yeah, you're still, you're still my, you know, oh, you're still you one too, of my, dude. one of my best friends. And I, I knew, I knew it wouldn't That's be wild. Dude, it, yeah. It, oh, it, let me finish my story about really the um, when I actually decided to reach out to everyone. I was actually living in South Sac at the time. Mm-hmm. I'd been out of the band for two years already, and I actually checked this out. Here's how dumb this is, and how dumb friendships are, and I'm sure some people can relate. I went to a Chili's in Elk Grove, and I saw Corey and his family sitting there, and I started fucking having an anxiety attack, dude. Because I didn't want to roll up to Corey after not talking to him for two and a half years with his family and be like, oh, hi, how are you doing? I used to be your best friend. Why haven't you texted me? You know? So what I did is, and I, I've never been one for social media or anything. Right. So actually, while I was at Chili's, I couldn't see his family, but I knew where they were sitting. So I knew when they left, I was creeping kind of hard. I downloaded Facebook Messenger and I wrote Corey. And I was like, hey, dude, I just saw you at Chili's. Like... I live in South Sac now. I know you're in Elk Grove. You should mm-hmm. hit me up sometime. And like maybe six hours later, at like one in the morning, I got a message back from him. And it was just like no time had passed at all. Like years had gone by. I hadn't talked to one of my best friends. Exactly. And he wrote me and was like, dude, I fucking love you. Like, let's meet up and chill soon. And it honestly went from let's meet up and chill soon. I've been seeing you two years to 20 minutes later. We'd basically started another band, and we had time to go record like a week later to That's, go write shit. And you I was said sending him music. You, you know? said it best. That literally, yeah. at the, it was like no time passed. And I knew Joey's that type of person. You know, I, even even if years pass and I reach out to him and like, dude, I'm sorry, I was caught up in the band shit. Mm-hmm. He 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 accepted it and he realized like, hey, dude, it's cool. We're still fucking best. Let's we're back to when we when we had separated. You know, it would, yeah. no, no time passed at all. It's I mean, literally like breaking up with a girlfriend and then like years later reaching out to them because you live with them and you have five people in a band that you have to spend time with. You have to put in time with. You have to literally care about them. Like I loved all these guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we were fam- members, Yeah, we were dude. family. Like we were, I, I, we were family. I would take a yep. bullet for everyone in that band. I still probably would, you know, because how much time I spent with them. I can't say the same. Yeah, but there was a, well, except for yeah. one or two, but... There for were, a couple, I would. But yeah, this is off topic. But there was yeah. a time that I had lived with the band, and lived with band members for five years straight. And during that period, I'd actually never been alone, which is a really strange thing to think about. Like, are you if you're alone right now, listening to this? Imagine never being alone with someone at your side for five years. Okay. And my girlfriend at the time, her name was Heather, she lived in the East Coast, Mm -hmm. we had a bad relationship and she broke up with me and left me while we were recording in the studio for um, Adelphia. Mm -hmm. And I actually left the studio in Adelphia, if you remember that, to go home after I did all my guitar shit. And when I went home, all my shit was gone. And I stayed the night in my house for the first time, dude. And I remember laying there and thinking like, I'm having a hell of bad anxiety and I was like this is the first time I've been alone in five fucking years so that's how close you become with people in a band when you're actually touring like imagine never not having someone for five years that's like 
that's more hardcore than like marriage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Like they're like part of your soul. And dude. mind like, you, mind you, you know, we're literally sleeping in bunk bed. I mean, we're feet apart. Whether we're we're talking or not, whether we're communicating or not, we're literally feet apart from. I mean, we're we're passing each other. You know, we're 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 a family living in living in this vehicle, yep. living on the road that's all the so time. Crazy. You know, so that's crazy. either way, it's it's love hate whatever it is mm-hmm. it's it's still you're still family and it, it's it is very weird you know separating and be, and being by yourself and then trying to get out of all that and step back into reality you know it, it's it was it was really tough it was it was really tough it but. is tough so spend you got what other questions you got for us man I yeah sorry that, that, that you guys that one no i mean yeah, that was and a, for everyone listening like I know it seems like usually this podcast should be like really funny and vulgar, but sometimes on a personal level, you can relate to people. And I think that even like with relationships you have with your friends, you can relate to like what bands are going through sometimes, you know, because everyone's had a friend who's fucked them over or a boyfriend or girlfriend or something like that. So that's kind of like from our bottom of our hearts, we're actually expressing what we went through. So I hope that that connects with some people. And especially with, you know, with social media now from the outer perspective, they just see all this all the fun times, all the the positive, you know, yeah. oh, they're they're you know, but it's to really though. to really yeah. be on the other side, it's a whole whole different. Whole different Social story, media is just made you know? for people to be jealous of your life, to see the only fun things you're doing. No one ever, I mean, some people post on social media, but they don't ever post like today just kind of sucks, yeah. you know, or like you either get like I'm super depressed or I'm on a fucking yacht in Las Vegas with Riff Raff you know what right. I mean like there's no in between and point yeah. being you know was pe- people just saw us for oh they're they're living the life they're making money they're playing these sold out shows they're they are they must be so happy and you know living the dream and don't get me wrong there there was times that we felt like that minus the, the money but we, we felt like we were on top of the world you know playing fuck Philippines or these different countries we've never even been to sold out these kids don't even speak English yet they're singing every word to your song and having signs that say your name you know that it's, reminds me it's a it's that a is un, crazy. it is a oh you can't you can't describe that right. feeling you right. know and that's that is that was the best part of it but there's so much behind it yeah you know? um so speaking of other countries that we've been to I personally became a south american and an asian fan definitely granted i was not into asian culture like i am now like i fuck with anime i fuck with that manga shit you know like i love fucking sushi and i didn't when i went there and it kills me it's like when you see a band for the first time and the band's really good and you get into the band you become obsessed with the band and the band breaks up and you're like damn the time I saw them live, I had no idea who they were. I wish I was into it. That's how I feel about a lot of tours that I went on with certain cultures because I became more, I don't know, seasoned with ethnic foods and cultures the older that I got, as you do. And to me, my favorite place on earth, I would have to say, is Bangkok, Thailand. But I had some really good times with Corey over in Asia, and we'll dive into that now. But what do you think your favorite place was, Corn? I Dude, I totally agree with you. I mean, being being European, white, you know, surprisingly, yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Europe. I, I don't give, you know, it, we had great fans there. I love, I, I love, like Europe I love either. Europe, but it, it, I don't know. It, it was, it wasn't really what I had expected. When you go to, 
Asia or South America or something, it's a, it's more of a culture shock. You know, okay. Europe is Europe is pretty similar mm-hmm. to to America. It, definitely different, different food. You know, different driving on different sides of the road. There's a, there's a lot of different shit, but ultimately it's it's not that that different. You know, when you go to Indonesia or the Philippines or Thailand or um, Chile, Colombia. That it's it's a whole different world over there, you know, and it, it just it really it is, at yeah. the what I mean one of my one of the things that I've I've gained the most out of the whole Scarlet Drive thing was perspective, you know, it going to these other places it just it really opens your eyes on how how the world how the world is how how um, how different it is and how many people are out there yeah I, I would agree with Joey I would say yeah. Asia Thailand I absolutely loved Thailand I absolutely loved Malaysia and all of South America I it was it was amazing it was an amazing experience I think that like for me the best part of Thailand was is I grew up in like a not to get religious on anyone even though it's called midweek Jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, went to this temple in Thailand and I saw all these people, like, bowing down and, like, being Buddhist, you know, like, praying. And I met a guy that was oh, covered yes. head to toe in tattoos with Corey. And he was talking to us. I couldn't understand him. But he was showing us the temple, showing us, you know, something with Buddha. I couldn't really understand it. I remember and, that, Joey. Yeah. This guy this guy came up to me. I'll never forget this. He came up to me. He was a monk. He was actually a monk. Was we he? went to yeah. a monk. He was, he was in all orange. He came up to me. And he said, you're cold water. He either said I'm cold water or hot water. And I didn't really, he came, he came up to me and he, he like kind of grabbed my arm. And he said, you're, you're warm water, either warm or hot or cold. I don't remember what it was, but he told me I'm, and it was just, it was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. It was a, it was a epiphany. It was like, it was a, like a, a surreal experience where then I realized like, well, I'm in another country and all these people are super religious. And to be honest with you, that trip, looking back on it in retrospect, changed my whole reality with religion man because i've told i thought to myself like how can a billion people be wrong with their own religion like they love their religion you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and they're doing what's right and i think that's what's important and a lot of people in religion in the united states are like oh if you don't believe in jesus christ you go into hell you know and i'm like so i've met some of the best people in my life that don't believe in jesus christ because they've never heard about him yeah and they believe in their own religion they were taught growing from children you know what i mean and i know people will disagree with this but i think that just traveling overseas like that made me realize that maybe when we all separated and have different languages like tower of babel shit maybe we're just supposed to believe what we're taught as children Maybe that's, that's, all, that's part all of you passing know. the test. You know, that's that's it, all you know. That's dude. all you know. They don't have internet there. Dude. How are you going to tell someone kids. they're wrong and they're right when that's that's Bro, all they were? That's all they know. There's you know? kids naked and trash smoking cigarettes that, with a monkey next to them that, that I've seen, dude. That was the biggest thing. Yeah, is seeing when, like Joey said, Asia, dude. I've seen some of the worst parts of the world. I mean, literally, people with no clothes. No, they're bathing in sewers and stuff. Yet. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. They have a smile on their face. That was the. That's when it really hit me. It's They're like still humble. Yeah. These people are still just happy to just be happy. to be alive. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about oh I don't I don't make enough money for you know 
they're they're alive and they're they're gonna accept what they have and like I said it just it really changed my perspective on on life you know it just it's like wow like all right just because of the show name being midweek Jesus I have a couple darker questions about the touring and stuff and I think these are gonna be great what was the worst or weirdest place you guys ever played starting with you uh, Corey we'll start with worst worst place you ever played you would never ever want to step foot in again or play out again ironically Wait, by worst, do you mean crowd? Do you mean venue? Do you Ooh, mean what? Or just, just full experience, like full experience. That's, no, that, being specific is, is better. Because, yeah, that's that. there's different answers for each of those questions. All right, crowd. So there's different bads. Crowd, crowd. crowd, I would say, was uh, Montreal. Well, and it also depends on who you're touring with, you know? Mm-hmm. We toured with like a, a metal. Um, we, we toured, the, I don't know who today. it was. Oh, not not even. Oh God, that was that for was bad. today's tours were bad. That bro. was that was bad. Um, I remember I remember specifically in uh, Montreal, Canada. So I, I we thought of some good questions, dude. Yeah. yeah. So so crowd wise, um, and like I said, it depends on who you're touring with. You know, if we were touring with Chiodos and Haste the Day and Silver, you know, our style, okay. it, it probably would have been great. But okay. since we were on this tour with like, um. Or thy murder, or you know, suicide. Just these way heavy bands, which I love. I love right. that kind of music. I'm not saying that, but right. that's not the style we were, right? Yeah. So we were on this. Um, I think it was the All Star Tour. It was like heavy, heavy, Wait, that's heavy. That's the one I left on. I think it was that, and we played that, Montreal. It was only us, Dance Gavin Dance, and then like a <laughs> bunch of gent bands and suicide. I remember. Islands. I remember there was another band like us. It, it wasn't Dance. It was a Closure in Moscow, and he came out in a dress. And it, this whole crowd, I mean, the, the, the tour we were on, it was like 12 bands, but they were okay. all metal. There was only two bands, us and Closure in Moscow, that were like, quote unquote, screamo or had singing at all. Mm-hmm. They and, were more um, like funky, like they were, uh, they were, Mars yeah. Volta. Shout out to Closure in Moscow. They were in Paris when that place got fucking attacked yeah. by terrorists, by the I way. So that is crazy. prayers to those guys. Keep so, yeah. so crowd-wise, this, this tour we were on was, you know, metal heavy ass bands when we came out on stage the crowd was literally just everyone in the crowd was just standing with their arms crossed staring at us or like yawning or like you know just it's basically so get the fuck off stage and well it's embarrassing dude well what it is is you know it's the law of attraction we you feed off energy if the crowd is going wild you're going to get that adrenaline and feel it and get wild with yeah. them you know when they're standing there yawning and crossing their arms and just staring at you calling you faggots or whatnot you, it's like okay well i'm not gonna try i'm not i'm i'm gonna start just playing like this like you don't you don't care yeah. about our meat you know right so that was one of the worst and when closure Mo- closure in moscow went on stage he, the singer really cool dude really great guys great mm-hmm. band from shout Australia. out chris from closure in yeah moscow. love those guys they were great great human beings but uh he was he was he was strange. He liked to put on a show. He came out in a dress, and and someone like threw a beer bottle at him, you know. And it's just like, just the disrespect. I don't know. It was just it was just odd. Can I give a story that's actually opposite of that? So, but that you know, and like yeah. I said, it depends on what you're asking. Whether it was the crowd or the place or the tour we were on, because I could I could tell you the the worst experience that I won't ever go back. Yeah. Ironically, was in Asia. And. Don't get me wrong. All the fans there were absolutely amazing. They were beautiful, fans, beautiful people, yeah, amazing people. Changed my but, life. Okay. But the country itself, Indonesia, it's very corrupt. 
It's very, very corrupt. They know that. Tell the airport story. Yes. So it was the most uncomfortable feeling ever. Just arriving in Indonesia, I mean, that was a real third world country. There's no middle class. You're, You're rich as fuck or you're at the bottom. It's a barn. You know. You literally fly into like a barn. So we arrived. We arrived in Indonesia. I'll tell. I'll try to make this quick. We arrived in Indonesia. I mean, we're probably the only white people in the country. You know, right when we got off the plane, the whole airport is just staring at you like you're an alien. I mean, we literally are aliens with boners. You know how many people just go to Indonesia just to just to go? So it was already initially. It was really uncomfortable. Everyone's just like, just. I mean, everyone. The security. The police. Everyone is just mm-hmm. all eyes on you. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell are you doing here? You know, um, like I said, it's very corrupt. So how how we have scales and stuff when you go to the airport to weigh your luggage, whatnot? Mm-hmm. They don't have scales. They they grabbed our guitars and said, uh, "This one's gonna be two hundred dollars. This one's gonna be uh, four hundred dollars." Let me clarify. This one's gonna be. This is on the way out. On the way out, that, we got robbed by police. Okay, that on was the on the way, way out. out. So yes, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. I'm sorry, that was on the way out. The way in, we just arrived. Everyone's staring at us like we're goddamn aliens. This little boy, bless his heart, sweet, sweet little guy. Mm-hmm. He's like 15 years old, maybe, maybe 15. You know, probably, probably 13. He comes up With to Asians, us. With Asians, it's hard to tell their age. Right. Yeah. He could have been. He could have been 50. He could have been. He could have been 90. Mm-hmm. He looks 13. Anyway, came up to us and, and he said, hey, I'm, I mean, broken English, you know, barely speaking English. Um, he says, hey, I'm your tour manager. And we're kind of just like, oh, okay. A little you know. taken back. Yeah, kind of right, yeah. taken back. Not, not judging, just like, oh, like, like, wow, are you by yourself? Little. Like, you're by yourself? Like, he's a little guy, you know, mm-hmm. little, tiny guy. He goes, yeah, I'm your tour manager. And we said, okay, cool. He said, all right, follow me. Um, we got to turn in our passports. So, and we're kind of just like, wait, what? What do you mean? You know. So he said, I need, I need all of your passports. So oh we, we, I mean, we trust. He showed us the itinerary. He really was our tour manager, so we weren't too sketched out. But this is the part that got sketchy. He said, I need all your passports. He took them to security, and they said, Okay, go on. We'll bring them to the hotel later. Which is unheard of in any other country in the world. They, they will bring your passports because you get them stamped just so everyone's so, aware. Through customs, you get them stamped and you take them with you. Yeah. So this little guy goes, okay, let's go check into the hotel. And we're like, well, we need our, we need our passports back. We're in, a, we're in an unknown country we've never been to. You know, you have, our, you have our passports. We need those back. And he said, oh, no, someone's going to drive them to you later tonight to the hotel after the show, like six hours later. And we're like, What? Yeah. No, like no, we need thank you. no, you know, but we can't say no. We're we're the we're the outcast there. We're not. We don't know their policy. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. they do. They make up their own rules. Yeah, they make up their own rules. So we we had to just say okay, you know. Luckily, that is crazy. Luckily, we got our passports back. Um, when we were leaving the country is when we we had problems. We got checking. robbed by police, dude. We got robbed by police. Mm-hmm. They didn't have scales. They said if you guys want to leave the country. This is going to be $400. This is going to be $600. It's going to be... T- they made up just numbers. Okay, we, just had ar- we had already paid for all of our instruments when we were going into the airport. We had to wait three hours sitting there after we paid. We had to run to catch our plane, no joke, almost half a mile through an airport. 
out to a runway. Then when we finally get there, a police officer stops us and says, I'm going to need a thousand dollars from you two thousand two thousand dollars twenty two hundred dollars and we could only pull out five hundred dollars off of from two our cards band. two cards yeah because i was like i don't have five hundred dollars i'm a touring musician dude and we pulled out a thousand dollars gave it to him and the cop took it put it in his pocket and then let us get on the airplane right no, before it boarded no right? that wasn't even it we didn't have enough he said no we need more we could we weren't allowed to take out more on our band card so, pers- each, I mean, I don't know who all it was, but we, we had to withdraw money from our personal bank accounts at their ATM just to pay that this crooked, crop, crooked cop yeah. just to let us leave their country. And, I mean, if you say no... What do you do? Yeah, what do you Are, do? The next You're flight... Stuck. Yeah, we I were, mean, they, it's their rules over, right. you know, they don't give a shit, you know. We were flying to Malaysia and had a show that night from, like, 8 in the morning. We are going to fly there or maybe the next night. I can't really remember... But the next flight wasn't for three days. So if we didn't make that flight from Indonesia, we were going to miss out on the rest of the Asian tour. So we had to fucking do it. And on the plane, I remember flipping everyone off. And, like, I was nuts, dude, like, spitting at cops and shit. And they were all laughing. And a guy that I sat next to said, that's why I hate my country, because they rob good people and they make it where no one wants to come back, and that's why the country sucks. It's just and very, like, very dude. corrupt. That's so yeah, long, long, rough, long story short, crazy. long story short, like I said, bless all those people's hearts in Indonesia. Those fans were diehard, diehard fans. Oh, they were the sweetest, fans, nicest, you know, great, great they kids. They went so hard. But high. they're, they're, you know, in law enforcement, their their authority the system, is just dude. completely corrupt. That it, it was not. Comfortable. I mean, even being at the hotel, it was just so mm-hmm. not okay. It was like, okay. yeah. it was a completely fucked. So this pretty much sums up the question for what was the weirdest place you've ever played. This was yeah. pretty much. That and one. and to be honest, unfortunately, yeah. I that's one place I don't. I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll, I'll go back there. Um, all right. Best place you guys ever played. Best place we've ever played. That's. I like how you said see, that. That's a, you like yelled it at me. The best place you've ever played. Well, that's a dude. That's a tough. I'm just that's I'm hard just to just with put it, you know. To yeah. What is this thing? Is that like a cigarette smoker thing or? Yeah, it's a. Uh, we it's all a, have vapes here, by the way. So I if try you hear it? some you weird shit, you, you might you have it? to just push Spencer's down trying a vape for the first time. It's salt How nicotine, you, so it's okay. like you're gonna get like a head rush. Oh shit! Yeah, so you're gonna, gonna get like a relaxing way. Oh yeah, yeah. You're not gonna. It's not gonna. It's just, dude. It's just nicotine. I mean, only hit it slightly hard. Just barely hit it. Oh, this this is the button. Side. That's the button on the side here. No, this one. Okay. I wish everyone could see this. Is it going? So you might have to. Mine's kind of janky. You have to put your finger here, push okay. down, and then. Here, you hold it while I do it. Yeah. Is that weird? No. Wow. No, do it again. That was nice. Yeah, it wasn't. You didn't get it. <laughs> Speaking of, it's um, it's been a year this month that I haven't smoked cigarettes. Dude, I think around uh, middle 2017 is when I quit. February 6, 2019. I mean, I've I, had one or two at a party or something. Like, I'm not even, I don't, I don't want them anymore. I'm really? done. I'm done with them, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's, so Spenny earlier best, said best, best show, right? You said no, best, best, best show. Best, 
best place you've ever played. We heard the weirdest one pretty much. The I mean, there was there don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of a Ooh. lot of strange. Oh, best venue, best venue you've ever played. Can in I interrupt? The world. Yes, I have uh, to tell this for best worst shows. Venue. Worst shows, real quick. We played a place called the Tree on our very first tour. Okay. And it was haunted as fuck. Was that Ogden? And it, no, uh, it was. Con- what was that? Utah? No, no, that wasn't. Human spaghetti. Condon, Oregon was the baked spaghetti where we thought it was a human, but I'm talking about Oklahoma's The Tree, where we went to sleep at night, I was taking a shower right before we went to bed, and I saw someone walk by the curtain, no one was there, cockroaches flooded the floor, Oh god! it was haunted, we heard people upstairs, and someone threw a water bottle at Corey while he was trying to get his fucking suitcase out of the room. That is crazy. To be honest with, I I don't even remember that, but I don't doubt that that happened. It I was, was probably first I was probably wasted. It was like a church venue, and there I'm was not. a big uh, cross the on tree. stage with a red light. Someone accused you of stealing symbols from that place. Oh, and there was the, cockroaches everywhere. It was the weirdest was thing. That, was that a day to remember, or was that no. the um, call the cop or um, what was that band? It was that one who their tour bus broke down right when we started touring with them. It was our very first tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Damn it. What was that band name? And anyway, yeah, that, it's was, okay. that was... I just wanted to share Oklahoma, that. That I'm, was like a, a hole-in-the-wall yeah. city in Oklahoma. And there I mean. was a big dead tree outside of it, but because mine and Spen's last podcast was about haunted places, I just wanted to share that real oh, quick. Dude. But okay. Let's go into the best shows, though. Let's go best shows. Best shows. Shit. That's, rough. That's tough. Um. Wow, best shows. I mean, South by Southwest with a day to remember. Devil Wears Prada, asking Alexandria, Austin, Texas. Yeah, that was a fire one. That always ripped. Unfortunately, a person actually um lost their life yeah. walking into the venue because they ran out of tickets and everyone stampeded the door and a kid actually died on the way to our that's show. Fourteen year old dude, yeah, yeah coming into coming died, into our, our that show. show. There was like I mean, that's crazy. Like um, two hundred bands playing down the road. He was mm-hmm. coming to our show and yeah, man. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm a couple uh, of England shows to me stand out. I think we did the O2 Academy or something. like that. O2 big, Academy was sick. Oh, you, you, Chili, dude, or uh, oh, Chili went off, Chile. dude. Chile, well, honestly, Chile. all of South America, awesome. dude. Brazil, oh my, over, overseas, mm-hmm. overseas. Okay. Because this is the reason I'll tell you right now. You know, okay. bands bands only make it there. I mean, Europe, sure, you'll mm-hmm. you'll play there five six times in your career, but places like Chile, you know, mm-hmm. random Russia, um, you know, places like that. They've heard about you since your band came out because mm-hmm. of social, because of the internet. Okay. But a band only goes there maybe once or twice their whole career. So mm-hmm. when they do, you have everyone there, and mm-hmm. they're all, you know, so into the right. our overseas shows. I would say hands down. You're like the Beatles, dude. Okay. I mean, I it, it, okay. it gets it. It got a scary. little scary. That's like, crazy. Like Let it me got share it got chasing you and shit. Yeah. Oh, Let dude. me share something. Oh, dude. More, That's crazy. Dude, in Brazil, Nick Miller and I got out of a van and we had to be walked two members at a time. We were on tour with Alice Anna, and Alice Anna was like the Beatles over there, and we were like because the they had boys, played there. Okay? I think they played there. Yeah, once or twice so it was before. our first time there, and kids were at the airport with signs. That's how, what it was like when we got to the venue. Kids had signs and were screaming. They were at our hotel. 
But when we got to the venue, we had to have um, security officers walk us in, two like people four, at a time. Four security guards yeah. holding arms with us. around you in a circle. And someone, two at a time could only leave the bus or the van. A, two at a someone time. grabbed Jesus. Nick Miller's fucking little dreadlock he had that we were making. His hair. Ripped it out, and another girl punched him in the face and grabbed the dreadlock from Nick. Mm-hmm. And I stood up and flipped off everyone because I was always doing that shit. And I was like, fuck you. And the crowd went fucking crazy outside. Dude, dude. Was she's like some Beatles she, shit. No, and that's not even the craziest part. She started handing strains of his fucking hair to like people. Like, that just that's all you have to say. That's, yeah. that's fucking crazy. I mean, yeah. they, that is wild. And it's, it, it's, is almost, wild. it's almost like. I mean, it's a it's a good feeling. You're like, holy shit, these guys think we're something, you know, like huge. God-like but God. at the same time, it's like, what what do you really want? What's gonna happen if you really like get a hold of get us. a hold of us? You know, yeah. I mean, when the van, when we arrived to the venue, kids were jumping on top of the van. It was like a sprinter bus, jumping on top, like pushing mm-hmm. it, like tipping, like trying to tip it. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a cool feeling, but at the same time, it's like, what what you know what I don't know like what yeah. do you run but I anyway love, it was, I love yeah. how you guys answer something and the next question you answered on the previous question like the next yeah. question is what is the most twilight zone experience you guys ever had on the road that one's pretty close but I know you guys have another one whatever happened when you were touring in the van I mean I know vans break down and things like that tour buses break down but something that was just out of the ordinary and creepy I would say Condon Oregon now, for some mm-hmm. context on Condon, Oregon, the night before we were in Bend, Oregon, and it was only like two or three hours away tops, and not one person had ever heard of Condon, Oregon from Bend, Oregon. Not one. I asked like 30 or 40 people. No one had heard of I it. I think the population for the whole town, I wouldn't even call it a city. I would call it like a town. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, the whole, whole population was maybe 250 people. Tops. You know, and it was it was like in the middle of, I mean, not not anywhere near Portland or Bend or uh, any of you know some of these. It was like a. I don't remote. Know. It Desolate. was a very like very some hills have hill, eyes. Shit. Hills have eyes. Shit. That's yeah. that's the best way to describe. Not on the map. This and it was no like Flint, Michigan. And it really was because there was yeah. like there was like hills around mm-hmm. the town, and the town was like kind of down in this little valley. Okay. And the whole population must have been maybe two hundred. 250 people and of course wow. everyone knows everyone they're they're probably mostly related there was eight you know. people in the high school eight so probably less than 200 that is weird that's crazy. the whole t- the whole town came to our show just because it was an event it not because to do. Yeah. not because they heard of our band just because it was it was a town event it was a town event yeah exactly there was like 200 people at our show you could see three generations of family you could oh, yeah. see the granddaughter wheeling in the grandmother in a wheelchair with an oxygen tank and the parents there and this like, is like your you know oh, wow. not not being judgmental but this is like your typical kind of like i don't know hills have eyes shit like just like hillbilly, just, we, just hit like just straight up hill everyone's what i mean the grandmother had a unibrow and a mustache yeah and, and no teeth you know, they didn't they, have Wi-Fi, so you don't have to worry about. That I don't here. think yeah. there was any other race. I think it was just white people. Like All there was white, no, there wasn't anything there was else. No, no mixed people. Mm-hmm. No, you know, African American. No Hispanic. No, it, it was purely just white. Like 
Mm-hmm. We, strange, strange yeah, vibes. There was a girl there, bless her heart, very nice girl. She had us over to her grandmother's house. She lived with her grandmother. They she, made us spaghetti. She asked us if we wanted to come over after the show to have a place to stay and, okay. you know, mm-hmm. hospitality, which is sweet, bless her heart. When you're a young band, you stay at people's houses who tell you we you have can to. stay there because mm-hmm. it saves on hotels, showers, etc. We were, at that point, that was one of our first, we were making maybe a hundred bucks a night. Like, just gas. You know, we, yeah. we couldn't afford hotels. So anyway, go ahead, Joey. We get to the girl's house, and our um, the guy that owns our label, Tommy Lacombe, shout out Tommy. Uh, shout out T-Bone. What's up, T-Bone Tommy? Say, he was with us. And, T-Money. Uh, he was like, I don't do baked spaghetti, dude. It tastes like dead people. And it made me laugh, because right after he said that, the girl and her grandmother were like, oh, we wish that grandpa was here to see this. And then she dropped the spaghetti on our plate that was like mushy and had like white meat in it. And Tommy looked at me and he said, this is the grandfather. And then I started like, whoa, what if they killed the grandfather and fed us the grandfather? But I mean, obviously that didn't happen. And you know, who who knows? It mo- More yeah. than likely it was, but, it was probably like legit, but it yeah. was just the whole vibes. Like, you, like you asked, Twi- eyes, Twilight Zone vibes. shit. Yeah. Like straight, just very odd Ooh, the show though like, ooh, the show like... when we played that show dude we sold like a thousand dollars in merch because the whole fucking town bought merch mm-hmm. the grandmother the mom yeah, no, the no, daughter no one plays those you know it was we a... made more money there than we did like maybe the rest of the tour yeah because so everyone was like holy shit at the we'll end of the day merch. you know bless their heart they, yeah. they supported us but it was just it was nothing we were used to, especially being one of our first tours. I think it was our first tour ever. We it were was just, our first tour. We yeah. were just kind of like, what the hell? People And the like headliner this. had dropped off. Uh, Hartwell Ending was That's who it was. Yeah. Hartwell Ending. Their keyboard player had epilepsy and their tour bus broke down. And Sharktopus or some shit. Sharktopus was on there oh too. Yeah, God. Good guy. He's a good drummer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but Spen, I think you had one more question. I actually have two more. This one's a funny one. What was the weirdest gas station that you ever remember? Weirdest food, weirdest gas station? A I'll, place that you had to stop because it was so weird. Real quick, I'll tell you the best ones were Wawa and Sheets. Those are only on the East Coast. Amazing. Okay. I would highly recommend if you ever go to the East Coast, go to Wawa or okay. Sheets. Spend it's a Fucking 24 solid. hour touchscreen menu of any food that you can think of. It's like a that's gap. prepared fresh. Pennsylvania prepared does that too. Fresh. Living in Pennsylvania. East Coast. Like, yeah. Yes. East Coast. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you lived out there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, Wawa. Where you can touch and get whatever He's you want. He's been there. Yeah, okay. There was Stephen Parrish. So anyway, that, those were the Shout best. Those were the best experiences. And truck stops, of course, because they were 24 hours. They yeah. had laundry, showers. Subways, we did a lot of we did a yeah. lot of truck stops. Here's the Although, best one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Although I had a fucking weird-ass experience in a truck stop. It was in one of those was other hole in, hole in the town fucking cities. You know, we stopped yeah. at a truck stop. I went into the bathroom. I, I think I was wearing probably a t-shirt, you know, and these these people don't know. I walk in the door. The old lady working the counter says, I bet your mom's proud of you. That's the first thing she said to me. She didn't say, how are you today, sir? How you doing, little boy? Nothing. She said, she saw my tattoos and my big ears and, oh, I bet your mom's proud of you. I looked at her and I said, ma'am, my mom is proud of me. I'm touring the fucking world, and I'm only 18 years old, you know? Anyway, yeah. I went to the bathroom, and this truck driver had gone to the bathroom. Okay. And he said, hey, do you have any more tattoos? And I said, yeah, you know, I got a lot of tattoos. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, come in this stall with me real quick and show me. 
Mm-hmm. It was oh, like it was like no. some like even though some I was technically an adult, like I could tell I had yeah. that he was a pedophile, like a hundred percent. He was like a that was sketch as fuck. That's crazy. Um, weird gas stations. I mean, shit. I'm I'm sure there's been probably like hundreds of them. But what were you, what were you gonna say, Joey? I had a really good uh, bad gas station experience, and it was at a place called the Gator Stop in Kentucky. Like four a.m., twenty four hours off a of main road, and when we walked in, the I guess it was like the mom and the husband were like probably four or five hundred pounds each wearing white t-shirts that were covered in fucking just garbage and we walked in they started laughing at us and the son was like oh we got a bunch of faggots in here oh and i, I do said, remember that and i said where's the bathroom at and they were like the girl's bathroom's back there and we we're like, not a girl's bathroom, bitch. I'll fuck you up. You know, we were like angsty fucking 20 year olds at the time. Yeah, probably drinking and too. I mm-hmm. tried to buy some candy. I tried to buy some food. And all of their shit was like rotten. Like all the food was bad. All the chocolate was like white when you unwrapped it because yeah. it had been like hot and cooled so many That's times. Weird. It was fucking disgusting. Dude, like some of those typical stories you hear about those like Midwest states and stuff. I mean, Obviously not the big cities, but if you go to like really remote towns, I mean mm-hmm. that's that's really that's really how it is. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's creepy. A... Oklahoma, Virginia. Um, I'm just you agree with me if you think I'm right. Virginia, Oklahoma. Virginia, not so much. Only because I don't think we played any small towns in Virginia. We usually did like Virginia Beach or uh, Nor. What was the other one? Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk. That place know. was awesome. Yeah, Norfolk was sick. Chicago and Washington D.C. I feel like that crazy stuff happens there. To be honest with you, Chicago, Detroit, Cincinnati, and Atlanta, I I personally don't want to go back to. Atlanta's on the top crime rate, I yeah, think. It was, it was very, very sketch playing those cities. Can I share one story real quick? Yes, yes. One time in Chicago where that uh, the monorail goes over the top of the city, you know, like mm-hmm. in Batman Begins, we were unloading from a venue, and we had loaded up the whole trailer, and we were about to leave in our tour bus and trailer and this homeless guy was under the bus and we were like can you please get out from under the bus and he looked at Corey and said only if i can suck his dick oh my god and we were like no dude and Corey was like bent over laughing like what the fuck and we've all been drinking all night you know dude and and there's there's too many of those stories that like yeah i I mean it's sorry not to embarrass you no dude i'm not i mean all right, to, end it, to end it, everybody's going to want that one last good question, so I thought of this one on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the weirdest and craziest celebrity you guys ever met, and what do you remember the most about him? What was something that they he just left in your memory that you'll never forget? Weirdest and craziest celebrity. He wasn't much of a celebrity back then. He was very popular, but now he is. I, I mean, Jeffree Star. Jeffree Star. 100%, Star. dude. Cool ass dude. We're, we're, yep. friends with, we're friends with him, but... He. God, I knew you were gonna say that. He was, I wanted to time it. He Fuck. was. He was. He was out there. Okay. Uh, I remember we went to a mall with him. We were. Our band was pretty close with him. Wait, we, go we back to the friends. show yeah. where he broke his leg. That's where. Yeah, that's where I'm at. It was so, the show. Oh, okay, the show. Okay. Yeah, shout out Jeffrey. We, love him to death. Yeah, we love but, you. You're still cool. You know. But there's a huge but with this one. <laughs> Not his butt. That's fake. But mm-hmm. we were at a show. 
And probably three years earlier, me and Corey stayed at his apartment for like a week and we were like hanging out with him and we were like really good friends, right? We kept in touch with him. And to be honest with you, he's only been a good friend to me. I've never had one bad oh, yeah. instance with Jeffree Star I have nothing bad life. to say about him. Not personally. I'm just saying, he. if you're asking who the strangest yeah, celebrity is, that, that's, that's, yeah. that's weird. That he's weird guy. he's oh, yeah. very interesting. Oh, yeah. And here's why. We were at a, and this is more of like a celeb tell-all than like a weird thing, but he was at our show, and we were great friends with him. And he was with our friend Daniel Hilton. Shout out Daniel Hilton. And... They were in the back while Nick and I are practicing our acoustic guitar stuff. Me and Nick go play our acoustic guitar stuff. We head back to the van. Jeffree Star delivers the line that I will never forget the rest of my life. And he says, Hey Nick, look how high I can kick. And Jeffree Star kicks the fucking moon, dude. His leg is like 100% full splits above his head. Like vertical, dude. Like whatever degrees that is from 12 to 6. Mind you, he's wearing 6-inch high heels. Yes, and it pulls up the foot that's on Earth. So his foot that's in space (laughs) pulls up. And his fucking other foot came out from right under him. He broke his fucking arm, dude. Right, like he he straight broke his arm, broke it bad, and Daniel Hilton comes screaming because Jeffrey skinned his knees and Kat Von D had just tattooed his knees oh, and like all this shit happened. But fast forward like two hours, he's cool. We go to the mall. Was was that the same? That day? was the same that day, was. dude. We actually I go to the mall to eat. Yeah, I think he just thought his like arm was hurt. Yeah, I think. It, it, he thought he just landed on his elbow really bad. No, yeah. turns out he actually broke his fucking arm. He had to get a cast out. Like out, you he know. actually posted he fell out of bed having an. Of orgy. course he's not. Yeah, he's not gonna say. Well, it wasn't. I fell yeah. down kicking the moon in a sky that dry. So dude, we go to we go to this mall. I think it was the same day after the after the show. It was, it was the like same a, hour. Dude. Yeah, it was a yeah. day. It was a day show. So it was an acoustic set, like Joey said. Him and Nick were playing acoustic shit. We went to this mall. I think it was in L.A. Like it was down there. Was it L.A. or it was L.A. Yeah, 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 it was L.A. It was a it was an outdoor mall. I mean, a lot of people, you know, with L.A. Obviously, right. a fucking outdoor mall. We're walking around with Jeffrey Star. Um, Jeffrey Star reaches in his purse and pulls out this fucking taser, and starts like charging towards the person, just going like, t- and we're just like, dude, this is like, this is too much. This Something is getting this is getting wild. Like, mm-hmm. and he he had like a machete in his purse. He had like weapons. And it's pr- and I'm like <laughs> that's pretty. Crazy, I mean, yeah, it, you know, that's pretty crazy. Bless his heart, he's got to protect himself somehow. But it's it was it was it was wild. And to be honest, like no shade at J Star because I love the no death no, and, and I'm not saying anything bad. It was it was it was. But now it's funny to look back on. But at the moment, it was kind of just like oh shit, dude. You like, have some crazy moments with your friends, right? Yeah. Can I give you one good story I saw that was the weirdest for a celebrity? So I was in Hollywood in the middle of the night, about three in the morning. And I'm walking into a Walgreens. It was like Sunset Boulevard. And here comes Chris Kattan from SNL. I remember him walking by, and I'm thinking to myself, is that Chris Kattan? And I looked at him, because when you, when you see a celebrity, but if you, if you don't know them personally, it's almost like you do. It's like their face looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I said, second guess it would I said, hey, buddy. That was, the, that was my response to seeing him. And he looked at me with sheer terror. And bolted down the aisle. 
And I remember thinking like, where did he go? Like he was so scared that I recognized him at three in the morning in a Walgreens and just, that was it. That was yeah. my weirdest celebrity experience. Yeah. Chris Kattan bolted down the aisle and just disappeared into Walgreens Damn, at three in the morning. Dude. I think that at this point we're already in over an hour. I yeah. think we'll wrap this shit up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to slur my speech there. I was reading a clock while looking at a computer mm-hmm. screen while trying to communicate to my friends. I mean, there's but, still uh, there's still a lot of stuff I I am willing and would like yeah. to say about a Skylar Drive. If if we want to, you know, come back. If people have questions or you know, well, we can do a Q and A or yeah, we can do part a part two, two like or Q and As or whatever. I mean, I'll off I, the record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about we do? How about maybe two or three weeks from now we do a Corey LeQuay off the record, and we have some fans ask a few questions and we can one hundred percent get those answered. Sure. And then we can get into a little more of what a Skylar Drive is doing now. Yeah. Because there are some lawsuits and there is some good gossip that I didn't want to talk about, but I think and, maybe mm-hmm. we should. And Worth to be mentioning. and to be honest, that's that's kind of where where I'm going with this is there's there's a lot of stuff that people still don't really know what happened with the Skylar Drive. Sure, I told you I left because you know we're we weren't friends anymore. But there's 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 a lot more to it. And you know at this point I'm I've been out of the band now for three or actually. No, like six, five, six years. Um, yeah. I'm I'm willing to spill the beans, and I, I want people to know what really happened because it's, it's you know it's it's unfortunate, and I you know people have the right to know. So sick. I'm down yeah. with that, dude. Awesome. Let's do another one. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Well, well, Spence, thanks for the thanks for the interview, dude. Had no a good problem. had a good time. You're welcome. Yeah. Spank killed it as usual. Thank dude. you guys for yeah, just like, opening up. Like Joey awesome. said, if if Very any cool. if anyone who is listening has any questions for us you know go ahead and send them on over and maybe two or three weeks we'll do it we'll do a you know we'll catch up do a part two or part three or whatever it is awesome we'll do this once a month bro this is fun i dig this so i mean there's still there's still a lot of beans to spill about a skylar drive so well we love all of the midweek jesus followers and we'll hear from you soon midweek jesus bitch jesus jesus